AI startups continuing to raise money by the bucketful. This time, the chatbot maker Anthropic reportedly eyeing a 20 to $30 billion valuation. Deirdre Bose is going to break down that story. They've been in the news lately, D. They have many, many times. So if you thought that there was already a bubble building in artificial intelligence, take another look. It just continues to swell, and it's now reaching stratospheric heights. Latest exhibit is Anthropic. That's the open AI rival that makes a chatbot called Cloud with a focus on safety. It's reportedly in talks to raise $2 billion just days after securing up to $4 billion from Amazon. That would mean $6 billion secured in the space of about one week. And honestly, guys, I cannot remember seeing anything like this since WeWork got an $8 billion lifeline from SoftBank back in 2019. That, of course, was the peak of that bubble. Now, many people, especially here in the Bay Area, they will tell you that WeWork was not a tech company, but Anthropic and OpenAI, they are the real deal. They're grounded in more promising generative AI and the platform shift that's occurring. But still, the valuation that the information reports that Anthropic is eyeing, that's 20 to $30 billion, requires some major leap of faith assumptions. Let's take the low end, that $20 billion. It would quintuple its valuation since March, and it represents a forward-looking multiple of 200 times Anthropic's revenue. That's two to three times higher than OpenAI's, which we broke down for you last week when reports surfaced that it was raising money at a potential $90 billion valuation. Now, for those keeping score, look at this graphic. Microsoft's sales multiple is 10 times. NVIDIA's is 17. OpenAI would be at about 90. And Anthropic, if it secures this valuation, 200 times sales. This is a company with less buzz, less market share, less of a consumer brand, yet it is at the top of that funnel on your screen. Yesterday, guys, I was at a I was at Tech Investor Imran Khan's conference in Dallas, and no surprise, there was lots of conversation around artificial intelligence. Some of the founders and the VCs there, they told me that these are less investments into the existing applications, ChatGPT and cloud, and more of a bet on the talent and technology that underpins them. But what that also means is that we don't yet know what the ultimate applications are, and these are extremely steep multiples, putting startups ahead of some of our biggest tech giants on certain multiples. Dee, is there any sense that uh, these rounds are being buffeted at all by the macro backdrop that we're talking about all day long? Zero. How could they, right? I mean, they exist in a different space. And I think that obviously it's a different audience. You're having private investors, VCs. But what's also interesting is you're having the big companies too, right? This is kind of setting mega cap tech against each other. Microsoft has an exclusive partnership with OpenAI. So that means OpenAI has to use Microsoft. It goes through Microsoft for everything that it does. Whereas Anthropic now has taken investment from Amazon and Google, and it raises questions about how it's going to split that allegiance. Both Google and Amazon, they want the cloud business and they want the technology, but they're both in this company and so close together as well. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Two of President Biden's top antitrust regulators giving an update today on the administration's efforts to hold big tech accountable. Just a few weeks into the DOJ's landmark case against Google, Eamon Javers has been monitoring from Washington and joins us in today's Tech Check. Eamon? Hey there, Kelly. Well, we did hear directly from the two leading figures in the Biden administration's antitrust push at the Brookings Institution this morning. They laid out their vision for enforcement, including the idea that they're going to push to measure the impact of merger deals on workers, not just on prices for consumers, and that they will continue to push back against what they uh, call anti-poaching and non-compete agreements, which can block workers, they say, from getting better jobs and wages. Assistant Attorney General Jonathan Cantor said he's been 
been surprised about how many of the comments that are filed in his cases are coming in from ordinary workers, ranging from what he said were farmers to nurses. The country's watching. The country cares about competition in a competitive economy because it affects so many aspects of our lives and our democracy. And FTC Chair Lena Khan said the failure to push back against corporate consolidation has led in part to the political anger that she sees across the country today. There's also been a deep disillusionment with government and a sense that government isn't out there fighting for them and protecting them from monopoly power and corporate power. And so I also think, you know, the burden for us is getting this right from a competition perspective, but I think also showing people that we have cops on the beat that are fighting to protect people. The two also address some criticism that they're not winning all the cases that they have brought, saying that they're going to learn from their failures and continue to challenge deals that they see as bad for employees. Kelly, back over to you. So you kind of alluded to this a little bit, but I mean, they've yeah. faced some big losses uh, in court. They people talk about career risk now if you're part of this, uh, you know, of, of that piece of the uh, administration. My question is, are they changing gears, changing tax? How do they respond to that or are going to deal with it, do you think? Yeah, you know, they sort of rejected this. In their view, this is a media narrative that they're losing too many cases. They feel that they have put up a big track record of wins as well. Uh, and on the cases that they've lost, they said they're going to go back and uh, look at the facts of the case and figure out how to bring cases uh, better in the future. Uh, but they also had this idea that there's a deterrent effect here. If they are aggressively pushing against some of these deals, that that will stop people from bringing more merger and consolidation deals that otherwise uh, they would have to litigate against. So in their view, consolidation in general, not always bad, but if it hurts workers, right, if it makes it more difficult for employees to find jobs, to find multiple employers, to play employers off of each other, to get a better wage for themselves, that's sort of the world that they're trying to get to uh, with a focus on what it means for the employees of these companies, just as much as what it means for the consumers in terms of the prices of the products that they're paying for. Strange. All right. Eamon, thank you very much. We appreciate yeah. it.